Getting better acquainted, sister show, Stand Up Tragedy is going up to the Edinburgh Festival. We're going to be doing an hour of tragedy every day as part of the PBH Free Fringe at the Banshee Labyrinth Banqueting Hall from the 2nd till the 24th of August. If you're in Edinburgh, come along and see the tragedy. Also, getting better acquainted for five days only, we'll be doing live conversations at the Royal Oak at 3.15pm every day from the 18th till the 22nd of August. On the Monday, my guest will be Rosie Wilby. All of the rest of the guests are to be confirmed, but they're going to be great people and they're going to be interesting conversations. So come and get better acquainted at the Edinburgh Festival. The way I was brought up is like you have to work for everything. Work, 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 work for everything. Provide, work, work, provide. So suddenly being in a position where you're being paid to literally sketch in a pad is a bit like, well, this doesn't feel like working. Right, (laughs) right, right. So it doesn't make sense. Like the cognitive behaviour, it doesn't work. (laughs) It doesn't compute. Hello, I'm Dave. I'm the guy that's putting all this stuff together. I need to get better. Please make me better. I want to get better. Better. Better acquainted with you. Today we're getting better acquainted with Liam. Hello, Liam. Hello, Dave. (laughs) It's always a bit kind of surreal, isn't it? Sort of like we're sitting here, we're talking, and suddenly I'm sort of saying a line. We're on on mic. We're on. Uh, you're holding it. I am. I'm a holding it. Yeah, it looks like a. Yeah, people have said hedgehog in the past. You're saying wig. Yeah, it's a, a well protected microphone. <laughs> as I'm a, a sound professional these days, the first question that I ask everybody is, how do you know me? I know you through our work together on Stand Up Tragedy. You and Stand Up Tragedy. We had a mutual friend that I used to live with, ever. Uh, I think she's done one of these before. She has, yeah. And uh, she put me on to you when I was looking for a bit of self-promotion work for my work, my drawings. When I first met you, you were studying with Ever at university. Yeah. Are you still at university? I graduate next week. Wow. So that's yeah. the, the second question I ask everybody is, what do you do now? And the, the answer <laughs> is, I graduate, Yeah. I guess. Um, or is what, what do I do now? Yeah. I actually have a full-time job. I, I'm a brewer. I work for a brewery in South East London. I've been brewing for about three years. I started brewing with these guys about a year ago. So did you get that job at the same time as studying? Yeah, 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 yeah. On a part-time basis, they've just taken me on full-time. Good for the old rent and whatnot. Something I, I've done since I was quite small. Well, smallish. Since I've been able to drink. Really, right. Brew beer. Yeah. So what, 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 how did that happen? Like, how, how did, did that you happen? come across that? Um, Okay, so when I was about 18, I didn't really have a job or anything like that, and I um, quite liked to drink. So I thought, how can I make this? Like, how can I do this? I looked it up on the internet initially as a sort of folly. I ended up turning to be obsessed with it. <laughs> <laughs> the whole process, and yeah, things led from there. Plus, at the moment, especially in London, there's a huge sort of scene of something called craft beer right. cropping up. Which you is, will uh, find it anywhere in Shoreditch if you're yeah, visiting Shore- London. Shoreditch is a good All place to Hackney, go. All of Hackney, Camden's pretty popular. Anywhere south of the river. Right. <laughs> Just not in central London. Anywhere that Londoners would call gentrified, yeah, you'll find yeah. craft beer. Yeah, yeah. students. Uh, <laughs> and basically what it is, it's beer that adheres to more the traditional ways of brewing that they used to do back when brewing was a huge sort of institution of part of society back when uh, the sort of Victorian era when you know uh, when the industrial huge, revolution huge, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, happened to beer instead of your mass produced lagers that we seem to see in every pub anywhere you expect to see a lot of ale a lot of ale uh, bitters but brewed in a more traditional and to their style it, strictly to their style so you get more interesting flavoured beers which are, so you're going and you're doing traditional beers. Are you making new beers? Yeah, well, well? Um, with the age of the internet, we're looking up to see what other people used to brew around the world. So you, there's new styles and stuff right. like that. America it has a great wealth of brewing tradition that no one knows about, really, that's being tapped into now in this craft beer 
Revolution. Re let's Good call thing. it a revolution, but it seems a bit dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's what the that's what the advertisers would, would want us yeah, to call it, right? Yeah, they say it makes revolution, it seem but like it's, it's a bit. I don't know. Some part of me thinks it might be a fad, but um, <laughs> I think that you're probably right. Yeah, but, um, hey, make make hay while the sun fads. Oh god, yeah. And um, <laughs> oh, I forgot where I was going with that point. Well, you were saying that there's uh, different kinds of beer that come from over the world that you're sort of like tapping into. Yeah, okay, yeah. So my personal taste, which is something that I'd like, that's really refreshing with a bit of flavour, a good amount of flavour to it, where I'm drinking a lager now actually, and this uh, is very bland compared to the beer I'm used to drinking. Um, so American will have massive amounts of fruit flavours to them, a lot more bitter, yeah, generally quite stronger actually, and the, uh, these tend to be 4%. American beers tend to average between 6 and 8 they're really good. And do you brew like uh, stouts as well, or? Uh, I, I do. I do brew stouts. Um, that's more of a. Uh, well, London is famous for stouts. That's where the stout came from. Um, because oh, I could go in this terribly boring um, <laughs> thing about different types of water and stuff like that. But no, I won't. I won't bore your bore my listeners. You're welcome to if you want to. I mean, what's okay. what's like, what is like a typical day for you brewing? Typical what's, day. Okay, I get up at six in the morning. I get on the train down to a place called Penge, which is near Crystal Palace. There's four key parts to brewing. First is the mash, which is where you feed grain mixed with barley, mixed with water, to uh, extract sugars from that. And that's what the core of your beer is. Right. And then there's the boil, which is where you add flavouring additions like hops. Some people put spices in there and stuff like that. And uh, you can put anything in there, basically. And then you have fermentation, which is where you add the yeast, and that turns all those sugars into alcohol and um, develops those flavours more. And then you have condition where it matures the beer and you get really nice crisp flavours, clear beer and stuff like that. So, we start with a mash. We have 25 kilo bags. In a typical brew, we'll probably use seven or eight. You do the maths. <laughs> and we'll mix that up, and then we'll leave it for an hour. We'll um, probably then send the driver off, which involves a lot of heavy lifting of casks, barrels. Do you, do you do a lot of the heavy lifting then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't think it <laughs> by looking at me. A, you're quite a slight, slight yeah. elfin. Yeah, uh, definitely. Individual. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, people are surprised <laughs> when I try and lift these things. It's especially good when we get a, a delivery of it because it comes on these one-ton pallets, and we have to pull them on a pallet truck all the way down a big, fat, long alleyway. Wow! <laughs> and it takes like two or three of us to do it. But. The delivery drivers are like, are you kidding me? You're not pulling that off every time they come. It's awful. Not good Not good for the ego, anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, but then every t if you're pulling them every time, mm. at least you get like a, tri a triumph each time. If, yeah, if you get yeah a there's knock a definite, each time. definite sense of achievement when, you, when, when, when you've done it. Right. Especially in the summer months at the moment. So so like knackered. Yeah. Doing well, it's hard work, right? And it's yeah. kind of slightly industrial because it's yeah. Like you're not. This isn't home brewing. There's a team no. of you putting no. stuff in a mix. There's um yeah. There's a uh, there's obviously the repetitive that that process is adhered to every single time. But what I have been doing recently is pulling off different things from different parts of the brew and like experimenting it on, on my little own home home kit. <laughs> Which is good. I made a black toffee beer the other day. That's um, I'm waiting to come into a bottle. I'll give you one day. That, that's, <laughs> yeah. that sounds good. Yeah, sounds good. Is that eight percent sure. in there. Yeah. So good. you, so you, you sort of like, you love beer, right? Yeah. It seems, and you started making it what yourself at home, yeah. and then you just contacted this brewery and they gave you a job. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, <clears> I was very lucky jobs for brewers are it's actually quite a competitive field because right. there's not many brewers and quite a lot of people that are into it although that's changing now because now London London uh, two years ago only had 30 microbrewers we now have 80 in the space of two years and that figure looks like it's going to be on the rise 
as well. So, uh, I've got a question again, Dave. Well, how did you get the job? How to get a job? Okay, I was scrolling Twitter one day. I think I'd just finished up one of the fanzines. I was going through Twitter, and there's a, a fantastic organisation called uh, London Brewers Alliance, and they advertised a job from this brewery that I work for, Late Nights Plug. <laughs> and um, yeah, I sent them an email, literally five lines long, saying, I'd like to come and help out, I'll make tea. And now, now I've been doing it for over a year, and I practically lead the brewing now. Wow. Yeah. And it sounded like, I mean, I know you felt like it was going to boom up the listeners, but I want to know, like, what were you going to say about different kinds of water and why stout is more likely to, like... Brewed in London. Pro- yeah. yeah. Okay, water in different places in the world has a very different composition. London's water is particularly good for brewing stouts. So all the best stouts come from London. The, uh, the big pale beers, refreshing beers that I like, the water in the west coast of California is the best for doing that. Sort okay. Of thing. So they brew the best, that sort of thing. Belgian beer that has a great tradition of um, uh, it's So if you try to make a Belgian beer in the exact same way as they do in Brussels, but in London, it would taste completely different because the water chemistry is totally out. Okay. It's to do with levels of chlorine, sulfur. So do you guys import water from different no, places? No, no, no. What we would do, if we're trying to do something that we'll add the minerals ourselves. Um, we'll, ah, I see. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, to sort of try and work out there. But it's never quite the same, if you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, it's not like a, the natural mix. It's no, a kind of no, synthesized yeah, attempt. It is synthesized. And so, for example, to brew a lager like that, you'd need a lot more lactic acid in the water and stuff like that so we'll have to manually add one use a terrible amount of complicated calculations to work out how much lactic acid we actually have and then more calculations to work out how much we actually have to put put in to a a brew from the size we're doing and stuff like that so it sounds like this kind of a a scientific element there's definitely a scientific element there's a physical element actually adnams in southwold all their brewers brew in lab coats and is there a a creative element to it as well it sounds like you might yeah yeah there is a creative element because you you get to decide what you want to do with the ingredients because Brewing's not to do with the quality, well there is a certain to do with quality ingredient, but most of it comes with how you treat the ingredients and at what point you use them in the brewing process and stuff like that. Say in your boil stage, you boil for an hour, if you add hops in right at the start, you get just a very bitter beer, just lots of bitterness, not particularly any flavour, but if you add the same amount of hops two minutes from the end, you'll get loads of flavour, no bitterness, and just an attack of fruit, mainly. And, uh, and then the hops all have, there's thousands of varieties of hops, and they all have a different sort of flavor profile to them, and stuff like that. And then malt, um, different mixtures of malt is just like mixing spices to make a, a curry. You know, it's an incredible range of things you can do to make different things. Yeah, yeah I mean, my dad made beer grow- when I was growing up. Yeah. He made beer in the house. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't say. I mean, it, it, it would get you drunk. Yeah, it was. There's I, I one found of the, it a bit, Well, I don't really. I'm not that into beer, to be honest. No, there's a, one of the things that come from home brewers. Your casual home brewer tends to try and make something that's super strong, not necessarily tasteful. Yeah, I think he was trying to make tasteful. I just, mm. just I mean, like, I, yeah. The, the barley wine was the one that was barley strong, wine, right? Yeah, that the, was that's well the, strong. That's the typical, yeah. When I was a teenager, that was a oh, thing to like go, right, come back to my place. Yeah. We're going to drink some barley wine that my dad's brewed. It's going to get us wasted in five seconds. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you can still find barley wines in country pubs and stuff like that. It's good. <laughs> it's a, it's an old, a very old style that maybe there's something there to do, like make a cool barley wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. I'll give it a look. Yeah, I mean, you know, anything that's like retro yeah. or traditional <laughs> or whatever can sell these days for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, Aye. so there's 
a kind of a creative element. Oh, I should say what we where we're, we're we're recording outside at the South Bank in the sunshine. We've got a nice spot where we can choose between sun and shade. Yeah. But that's why there's background sound, and that's what it is. Yeah. So there's a creative element to what you do in terms of your day job. Mm. Um, but you were studying at the same time. Yeah. Uh, were you studying art? I studied illustration at the University of Westminster. Our campus was out in Harrow, which used to be part of Harrow's Art College, part of the Harrow Schools Art College, the big famous private school. And then, but university took it over and made it a polytechnic, and now part of the university. Um, officially. Um, yeah. So I, I, I studied there illustration. Uh, we did our degree show last week, which was um, a storming success. Excellent. Yeah. You studied art. Yeah. When did you get into art? When did you decide? To, when when did illustration come upon your life? Okay. So I always studied uh, science. I always studied science up until my A levels. Really, took uh, chemistry and physics, and my A levels alongside graphic design and film studies very quickly it became apparent that higher level science was not for me. <laughs> I was always always quite good at science but as soon as anything difficult started to really come up I'd lose interest and plus I spent most of my time in the graphic studio painting in a book the entire time. So that's where that was born a little bit and then this is back in Leicester where I used to live. I wasn't going to go to university at first, but I was convinced by my graphics tutor on the sort of tail end of the, the summer when UCAS clearings are around and stuff like that. Right. Go on an art foundation course, and that's where I really got into art, got on that course. I, I went in the college on the Wednesday, I started on the Friday, <laughs> I spent an entire year there, that's where I really got involved, into I met some fantastic people. So did you draw yeah. when you were a kid then? No. You didn't draw at all? No. So you started drawing when you did graphic design? Yeah, I started drawing uh, when I was, sort of, what, how old are you there, 15, 16? Yeah. 15, 16? Yeah, yeah. And I didn't draw particularly huge amounts then and uh, it was only really when I got on the foundation I started really giving it a crack. <laughs> Norm normally when people go to art foundation they've gone because they are already into art. Yeah I remember I remember uh, knocking up a portfolio it was mainly made of uh, photography images I'd, I'd just gone around with a camera like taking things pictures of things that I thought were interesting and, uh, <laughs> and then there was a couple of drawings on the side and they they, they liked it and enjoyed it. So why did, you, why did your art teacher see something in you that, like, did they say? I mean, like, because um, it seems like if you weren't even doing heading in that direction, it seems kind of strange to say, hey, you know what you should do? You should do Art Foundation. Yeah, well, on the graphics course, uh, I was very successful at it, basically. <laughs> I, could, I could do it. I understood <clears throat> it. And the work I was producing there, the course I was on was very graphics in a more contemporary sense of that it's more about design rather than the artwork right so uh, I think I made a jewelry box right um, okay my, my final major project was these weird computer-based collages that was uh, to do a mock brief for the Guardian weekend <laughs> magazine about celebrity culture which were, which were interesting and uh, I still remember the artists I looked at Tim Mars look at his website it's very very good <laughs> yeah and great then, collages and so Might you do more of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you should. Yeah. I mean, you so you went, you go, so you go to Art Foundation, mm -hmm. and you get really into art, right? Yeah. Like, because you, yeah. you seem I, like you got that kind of a personality, for the first right? time. Yeah. I went to a gallery for the first time, really. Went to a private view for the first time, which was a massive thing in my head because I thought, oh, private view, uh, only the aristocracy get to go to that sort of thing and oh, it's not for not for me like it seems to me that you're quite like a little bit obsessive when you get into something so i imagine you, you that's how it went for you definitely right? there's a there's definitely things i've been obsessed with i i was convinced i could build a car <laughs> i was convinced i could build a car what, from was, scratch yeah <laughs> like out of composite parts it was bizarre it, it didn't work out was that um, when you were in our foundation? Uh, no, 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 no. Was that when you were young? I think it was the summer before I went to university. Yeah, I tried to build a car practically out of 
wood. <laughs> <laughs> and a bit of mediocre electronics. <laughs> wow. It didn't work. No. It didn't work. But it, was, it cool. sounds like it's, it's, a, it's a noble effort to, to, <laughs> achieve, to try and achieve something like that. Maybe. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I do. I do. I think I do have a bit of an obsessive personality. And so you go to our foundation and you meet some cool people and you get kind of into art, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, what was that like? My tutors were people, sorts of people I'd never met before. One was a doctor, studied at the Royal College. The other one studied at Manchester College, which was quite famous for how for art at the time. They spoke in ways I hadn't been spoken to before, in the way that the learning was more self-directed, if that makes sense, yeah. uh, instead of dictated, which agreed with my personality anyway, because if you go back to the obsessive thing, it's like, okay, keep bugging it <laughs> until it doesn't work anymore, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I met some people that I wouldn't usually mix with. I came, okay, I grew up in a village on the outskirts of Leicestershire, but... 16 years and then I moved to an A-level college in the middle of Leicester where I met more people and started getting into art rather than science right. and then I went to a foundation that was right in the heart of Leicester and I met people that actually lived in Leicester because the A-level college I was at never really took people from the centre of the town it was like sort of more I was studying with people who came from Oakham God's sakes! <laughs> it's a million miles away. Um, <laughs> that's, like, that's one of those references that very yeah. few people, but some listeners yeah. <laughs> will really have totally got that. Uh, yeah, that was an <clears throat> obscure one. But um, um, I started mixing with these people that were a lot more. Let's call it alternative. I think modern parlance is uh, hipster. Um, right. <laughs> but. I don't like that phrase. Well, it's a belittling phrase. Yeah, it's, 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 aggressive. Always... it's aggressive now. It didn't used to be. Right. Um, I felt hipster was a bit... No. All, it, all youth yeah. movements, right, they get treated that way. Yeah. It, it, even if, whether they come up with the term themselves or mm. someone else comes up with it, it becomes a term of, like, criticism yeah. and uh, parody and mockery yeah. and stuff. And I'm not... I'm not too down with that. I think no. hipster's a good word in some ways because you need to be able to describe the groups that are yeah. going on. And hipster, we, we know, everyone knows what that means when they mm. hear the word hipster. But the problem is that everybody looks on those people like in a derogatory way. And yeah. I, I'm not too down with that. Yeah. Having been an alternative teenager and young person myself, yeah. I, I don't really want to suddenly turn around and, yeah. and apply that to other people. I, I think the word alternative, I was thinking about <clears> this today as I was walking around, I think the word alternative is a lot better. It's more inclusive as <laughs> yeah. well of a lot of different kinds of point, points of view as well, because yeah. alternative, that there's a whole load of different groups that can be called alternative mm. and they're not all, they don't all fall into that hipster category no. either. Definitely, and we haven't. We shouldn't be separated from each other. We should <laughs> like anybody that's alternative to the main culture. We we're allies, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, we're all, the, we're all the same, really. When we take our clothes off, right. that's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I met some people that were um, more alternative. Started going to different sorts of bars and I was club clubbing and stuff like that in different sorts of places. Right. <laughs> and, uh, Gigs, comedy, that's where I first started looking at comedy as a thing. I remember seeing Paul Foote in a uh, this tiny little cafe called The Crumbling Cookie in Leicester, which is uh, fantastic. And now he's like a big comedy yeah. fan, isn't he? Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> um, and I really enjoyed that sort of way of thinking. And then the art developed alongside of that. My foundation, right, I not really discovered what I was good at in terms of drawing or art literally till about my second year of university sort of walking into walls until then but and then yeah i agreed with this sort of mode of thinking let's go call it that yeah i mean that takes you up to around about the time when i kind of met you yeah and the way that i met you yeah was that i was looking for someone to do art at my yeah, show live live, live art yeah. Yeah. yeah and you did it it's good yeah i did do it I want to do more of it. But, um, well, yeah, any, any time we've got a show, things, things, you're things, welcome to yeah. do it. But the problem that you have is that you're such a busy person that mm. you keep on not being able to come to the shows yeah, to do um, it. Uh, I think a similar problem we might share is that 
other projects come along and you say yes to, to about six or seven things yep. and you find yourself so thin across <laughs> right. everywhere you can't can't really give any sort of proper effort to each any one because you're having to go half assed into that half assed into that half assed into that half assed yeah right so, uh, it's a problem I need to address that because we started off like you did art, live art at some of mm. our gigs live yeah. painting and then uh, subsequently to that you've become the person who does the art for the fanzine and yeah which and is a bit more comfortable in that respect as I can do it sitting down <laughs> no <laughs> one's looking home. at you yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that's the thing. That, like, making art is quite a introverted kind of on your own sort of pursuit, yeah. right? No, that's the typical. If you do it live, that's it's not. <laughs> that's the uh, sort of the traditional view of the artist, isn't it? Is they sit on their own all day in a room, surrounded yeah. by pots of paint and uh, boards and half done paintings. Right, on similar to the the, art, the author as well. Yeah, so they're the they're, yes. they're, they're they're the art, yeah. the, the positions in the art that where you're a loner, mm. um, as opposed to a collaborative art like an actor or a director mm-hmm. or whatever. But I mean, um, I, I do both those things though. I like yeah. sitting in a room on my own, and I also like collaborating. And I, I think you, you you like a bit of both, right? Yeah, I prefer collaborating. <laughs> Oh, it deals with some of the lazy issues I have as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I have an incredible fear of letting people down. <laughs> right. No, no, no. That, that drives that a bit. <laughs> right. I think that's why I say yes to things. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It's, it's hard, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Aren't we so hard done by day? <laughs> <laughs> but that painting style that you've got, I mean, so that mm. kind of came to you late. Okay, not necessarily. While I was on the graphic course, I uh, came across an artist called Ralph Steadman that I'm sure you might know. I think I've, I've seen some of that. Yeah, his stuff, if, yeah. If, if, you, if you're not terribly familiar, go and look at his work. It's incredible. And then you'll understand <laughs> why I do all like that. So I've had this sort of flirty relationship with him, his artwork, for a long time. So while I was trying to experiment on my foundation, and subsequent years at university. All of a sudden I was like, well, fuck doing all this stuff like this. I'm going to do it like, I want to do it like him, so I'm going to try and do it like him. And that's where that came from. He has a very loose style where things happen very quickly, not necessarily under control. Right. Which is a, I think, is a nice, really nice, sort of almost beautiful thing that can happen that you can't replicate or anything like that. It's quite dark as well, yeah. what you do. Yeah, I but I know that's something more that ingrained be... in me rather than the style. Um, right. Yeah, definitely. I think I'm, I'm very skeptical of the world. Skeptical, um, how? What does that mean? How? Uh, I think I think there's a lot of injustice. A lot, a lot of my work, sort of. Always, it always seems to start from a political standpoint against injustice, basically. Uh, prevention of civil liberties, these sorts of things. And then, and then maybe it might abstract itself out of that. Yeah. Oh, I don't know whether... Well, I mean, what do you... Like, so I know, I, know, I, um, I, I know why, because I had a, quite a difficult childhood with um, my parents, more with my dad, um, it was... Uh, it's quite abusive, so it's difficult to sort of express yourself in any way, and a sort of cynicism, I think, comes from that. Right. And then I think towards the world. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. The thing is, that's the thing about with asking questions. You mm. never know which are the ones that are gonna, what the answers are gonna be. Yeah, I, I did think three or four times, and while I was looking over there, it's like, shall I? Shan't I? Well, I mean, you you know, as someone who's been at Stand Up Tragedy, you'll have probably occasionally heard me referring to sort of like dark times in my childhood. Uh, And I I think it's good because it gave that's the sort of thing that would give me confidence to express what I just expressed there. Yeah, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah, for sure. I think if you can't talk about your experiences, (laughs) then you're doubly trapped, right? Because you had to go through the experiences. Yeah. And then you can't talk about them yeah. forever. That's a horrible yeah. thing to, yeah. to be in. And I think the more we talk about them, right, the more we uh, hopefully don't repeat the mistakes. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if you also feel this kind of fear, but 
as someone who's had, I don't know, probably not as bad, and there's all of these different, um, everyone's experience is different, and I'm not mm. comparing mm. it directly, and I don't exactly know the details, mm. but like, when you've had your family sort of repeating bad behaviour to you, you sort of like worry, like, are you going to repeat that yeah. that thing in the future? And I think the best way to, to avoid that is to talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's definitely good. I mean, I mean, yeah, so often I find myself reflecting, like, is this what my mother and father were like at right. this point? Right. Would they behave like that? Yeah. Do you want to move over there? You're shivering. Maybe. <laughs> I, yeah, the, the, uh, yeah, that, I am shivering. Uh, that's exactly, name the problem, then keep it bottled in. Here we go. The problem is I'm as cold. Uh, yeah. Do you want Maybe we should move. No, no, no. Uh, we could walk, what, should we walk over to that bit of sort of sunlight over there? Yeah? Yeah. Quite yeah. like this walking, walk. Walking and now talking. We're on, yeah, right, we're, on, <laughs> we're on the move. We're on the move, yeah. Ah, the sun. Yeah, yeah I, I can see you shivering now. It's because we're caught in some uh, in some wind, but at the same time, well, right, okay. We're near, no, we're near we a children's, children's place. Well, we turn around this way, and then we don't look like we're anything that is, would be inappropriate. But uh, yeah. And so, where were we? Yeah, we were sort of talking about how, how you'd experienced in your childhood, sort of complicated experiences mm. uh, um, oh yeah and how it affects and how that's gone into your art now, yeah. and your worldview, right because yeah. I mean one's art and one's worldview generally are pretty much they, they mix. intertwined yeah I mean it's hard imagine well you, you think when you you write your songs or write anything and uh, uh, one of the things people say is like what do you write about like right. what else are you going to write about other than what you feel inside of right, you. Exactly. <laughs> I, think, I think that's uh, a very important thing to just do. Let yeah. let let go of. I mean, at the same time, this might be a bit of a tangent, but I think it's not to be precious over your work or output. Right. I mean, the amount of things I've given away instead of like maybe trying to gain something from. Right. In terms of my artwork and stuff. Well, like yeah. That. Well, you're it's always giving it stand-up <laughs> tragedy to, to, for us to, to auction I, off. I, I did started doing these conferences, drawing at conferences. Instead, that, people like photographers at these conferences sometimes, and um, I was going around saying, "Well, I'll draw it because it'd be different." Right. <laughs> yeah. So I was doing that, and then I was finding after these conference things, you tend half the time they tend to be wine sir and people sitting around having a chat about what's happened today. Right. And then, and a few times I've gone around with a couple of glasses of wine, showing people, approaching people. You know my style, Dave, is quite aggressive. Go, go, go and showing people slightly grotesque drawings of right. the <laughs> themselves. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then them loving it and then wanting to have it and they're offering to buy it from me but most, this is my naivety going now where I'm like well just have it because I can't make I'm getting paid for this just have it it's fine <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean you could you could you could yeah yeah I, I appreciate that that feeling though but I find I find it really problematic for me because I don't I don't want art to have price I don't want yeah. I don't I want to be able to make art and give it to people for free mm. I don't really want to ask people to pay for it but no. at the same time got to live yeah and we've so all got to live it is a really <laughs> it is a really complicated thing yeah because it and it almost feels like cheating <clears throat> you know because uh, okay the way I was brought up it was like you have to work for everything work 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 for everything provide work work right. <laughs> provide you know right. so suddenly be in a position where you're being paid to literally sketch in a pad right is a bit like well this doesn't feel like working right <laughs> right right so it doesn't make sense like the cognitive behavior it doesn't work it doesn't right. compute I think that might be something to do with that sort of thing so you sort of it seems like there's kind of a a kind of conflict a little bit between like um, your upbringing and your interest or your yeah. passion because like, and uh, which goes back to one of the things you were saying about not feeling like a private viewing was for you. Or, yeah. I mean, is that like a working class consciousness? Would you say? Uh, 
Is that, uh, I think you can definitely that say that, like, yeah. Feel um, uncomfortable. Everyone feels uncomfortable with those words. Yeah, because politics today they, all these words are tarnished in different things right <laughs> right so it, these words become ugly rather than actually meaning anything <laughs> but i would say i'd have a working class uh, attitude i mean i'm the first one in my family to go to university ever in the past um, well yeah definitely ever <laughs> right. yeah um i yeah yeah i'm the first one to move out of the village Right. <laughs> which is mental. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when I first started going to school in Leicester, that was such a huge leap for everyone else to comprehend, let alone me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Madness. And then moving to the capital, different story altogether. Yeah. Know, but it's like escape from me, I think. <laughs> but isn't the capital the place where everybody that's different in villages come to? Maybe. Like, isn't yeah. this the... It's like... Um, Dip, like the world's village it is yeah well I don't know like if it's like Dan I don't know if, if you're familiar with him at all but there's a podcaster and sex and relationship guy yeah. called Dan Savage that I listen to okay and he always says like if you're uh, queer or like uh, any any different uh, sexuality or like mm. could, could like could be heterosexual BDSM whatever mm. uh, and you're in a you're and you're a teenager and you're in, you're, you know you've got no body around you if you're yeah. in a village and you feel like there's no hope right mm. but if you go to a big city that's where everybody that's weird goes mm. and so the weird communities like you, you can go to that place <laughs> and, and find people who are like you yeah um and he always sort of says to people in in, in, in small villages don't worry you know, <laughs> there's move, somewhere to go. <laughs> go as soon as you can move to a big city yeah. you'll find people like you yeah. and then you're okay yeah um, that's amazing and then um, and i think that's i don't know as an alternative person myself in lots of ways mm. uh, I I've definitely found in London people who are more like me than mm. I, I realized than anyone you could have existed thought of at home yeah. <laughs> I know, yeah if I think about the people I used to hang right around at home it's like they're a million miles uh, they're a million miles from what I think I am anyway you know? good yeah good so now I wouldn't move away from London definitely <clears throat> and, uh, I think that's something that's been learned over the past three years what, that you wouldn't move away? I wouldn't move away, no. Whatever? No, never say ever. Never, so, yeah, never, right. Never, but, but you, you feel know. like this is a place yeah, to belong. it's a good place to be. Right. It's a good place to be. I mean, you know, I was um, walking past my old work earlier and I thought, I had loads of great memories there of people that were a lot closer to me than, that I could compare with back at home. Yeah, I mean, so when you sort of say you've got like a cynical view and you... Like, it sounds like you're okay. sort of losing the, the some general, of that cynicism. The, gen, the, general view, the general view is quite cynical, but they're, they're individuals. You know, when you think of individual people and individual contexts that you experience yourself, they have their own sort of power, don't they? Yeah. yeah. So when I think of the bar that... Down there that I used to work at. I think of the the work colleagues I used to work with, the regulars that used to come in, and some great conversations and laughter and stuff like that. And then, uh, but that, you know, I I am able to separate that away from a political context. Yeah. Well, a lot of people are. I mean, yeah. like I, I, a guy I really admire, Harold Pinter. Yeah. Um, he like near the end of his life was like, life is hell, but people, I love yeah. you. You know, it's, 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 <laughs> you know, and, and I, when he, I remember sort of. I guess I was 18, 19 when I was like, listening to that and I was like, whoa, that's, that's articulating how I, uh, how I feel. feel. Yeah. That's uh, brilliant. Yeah. That's a brilliant thing to think when you're 18, did you say? Yeah, I guess yeah. so. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I don't know if, if it's brilliant or not though, because it gives you no, no actual solution because you go, right, okay, individuals are great and most individuals I find, like doing a show like Getting Better Acquainted where I talk to people who are very unlike me quite mm. a lot, a great one-on-one -on -one level really great everyone's nice yeah. like in, in a conversation yeah. but at the same time collectively we're doing terrible things yeah. and um, also I know that, that people can do terrible things personally mm. as well which it sounds like you've mm. also experienced something. yeah so 
So, so how 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 is that tackled? Like, I don't do know. We, do we do we like live in ignorance? Or <laughs> I don't know. I don't think we can. I think it's no. better to not live in, in ignorance. Yeah, definitely. But the, but it's good to remember the nice side as well because it does give you a bit of hope, or at least personal enjoyment. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Hope's a bit much, isn't it? <laughs> good. Very good. But yeah. But, I mean, yeah, so you found somewhere that you kind of connect to from coming from a place where you didn't feel connected? Um, Yeah, literally, the first bit of independence I got when I moved moved to the city school was great, and then it's just grown from there, you know, and moving to the the capital has been another massive step, and, you know, I made my own friends almost immediately, which I didn't think I would do, because... Um, I was diagnosed with uh, something called social anxiety disorder and literally just before I moved to London and I was like oh shit this is going to make me not be able to make any friends full stop (laughs) so yeah it's amazing that I'm sitting here with a man with a mic now (laughs) compared to where I was a few years ago where I wouldn't leave the house without being sick that was awful so you were kind of agoraphobic for a bit literally um, if you weren't listening to the house, this is all literally just so scared of social situations. Yeah. And, um, it, it, it came out of um, having a quite heavily reliant uh, relationship, and then well, romantic relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. I forget there's different way, uh, context to that word. No, no, I, you know. <laughs> yeah, and. Um, uh, I suddenly found myself lost, and then a whole unearthing of issues came out. But they um, got spoke about and dealt with, and then uh, came out of the tunnel brighter. Brilliant! So you've, what, you've been in sort of therapy then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we all should go through therapy, deal with some things. I think. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm all for going to therapy, but I, I couldn't get on the I couldn't get on the list of uh, through the NHS. So oh, I'm, really? Yeah. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. You, 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 you passed the test yeah. at, being, uh, at being broken better than I did, and then you got the help. Oh, well. It's all relative, though. No, I know. <laughs> That's why that was my joke. Really, yeah. Is that you and also you don't know how broken somebody is. Oh, no, I don't even like the word broken. You couldn't even that try kind of to. Yeah, you couldn't even try to even guess, could you? No. Right. Well, it's because you. Do you ever find yourself like? At part, I'm using the word parties, but social situations basically with uh, people you've never met before, and they're talking about something, and you think, oh wait, they or like, yeah, someone's just very sort of off, and you think it'd be easy to judge, but maybe they need something. <laughs> I don't know. I might be jumping the gun there a bit. Well, I but, think, um, what do you mean, like therapy? Yeah, well, not necessarily therapy, just someone to talk to a yeah. bit more properly. Definitely, you know? <laughs> there's every, a lot, everybody's in that position, and yeah. even if you're talking all the time, you, yeah. you still need to talk. I mean, yeah. I'm talking all the time, and I'm not, yeah. I'm not fixed yet. No. <laughs> but you, I mean... The, you, you don't want to be fixed, Dave. That's, I don't know. That's wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. I'm not broken. I just need to find a way of living in the world that, is, yeah. <laughs> that I can handle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, but I mean, I mean, it's good that you got help, and it's good. That it's an in, it's interesting that it's, you're right. I mean, being diagnosed with something that specifically says you have a social anxiety disorder must give you social anxiety, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, because it's all it's, it's identified, and then you think, and then at, at the time it was like that's all it was. You know, it's um, that was my life. It was this, you know, I wasn't employed or anything, so I was sitting there like, okay, so you're now social broken <laughs> right 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 so in some ways it's good to get a diagnosis but in some ways it makes you feel like well it, the di- diagnosis was good because it it, it it opened the gate to, right. to help yeah um name but the in the yeah um but uh, in the in the and the acceptance of the problem and then <laughs> but in the uh in the short run it was difficult because it meant i was trapped right <laughs> But um, uh, yeah, my therapist was lovely. She used to make me go and like, she used to make me go and do everything I was scared of. I used to work for McDonald's for a couple of years, and then um, uh, one of the things I was scared of 
being that young was talking to my boss about the way things I felt. So I went up to her and told her I wanted to quit straight away. <laughs> and that was, I remember walking down the, um, I used to, used to walk a mile, I used to have to walk a mile to work down a dual carriageway. And I remember walking down that road thinking, oh, I could have turned around, <laughs> I've got to turn around, stuff like that. But when it happened, it was so liberating. <laughs> it yeah. was incredible. Incredible. Hi. That's great. I yeah, mean, you know, sometimes you, you do like need the help from, like, you know, like some, yeah, yeah, somebody just to like yeah. dislodge the dislodge the habits that you formed and just like give mm. you that little nudge. That is a really valuable thing. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It's great. I can look back on it now and think that was amazing, but at the time it wasn't. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, though. An experience can be amazing, even if it was un- unpleasant. Mm. I <laughs> guess like that's what stand-up tragedy is right. about. Right, maybe yeah. it is. Mm. Yeah, it's one of the things, for sure, that yeah. I'm interested in. Mm. Um, and not just stand-up tragedy. This show or Spark London or all the things I yeah. do. Like, people like reaching in and examining stuff that's happened to them. It's something I'm you know, interested in. Yeah. Uh, I guess because that's what I have to do myself, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it makes me feel less alone if everyone else is doing it. Too. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think that's that's really true. Very, very true. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, but they, you must um you must be able to because you do talk quite a bit, a lot of people around, I should imagine you, you, you must be able to if you have sort sort of an acute attack of something you must be able to get on and deal with it pretty quickly as well that you'd I, I i wish that was the case yeah yeah no i wish that was the case i um i i'm generally better in social situations than i used to be because i've completely kind of i'm more and more like owning the fact that i'm awkward yeah and, and uh, you know yes. accepting that and and that's what i'm doing on stage it's also what mm. i'm doing in my life more and i'm talking about stuff more i used mm. to think i was really open I didn't say loads of stuff to people, mm-hmm. so I wasn't actually open, and I didn't. Yeah. And, I, and now I, I, I can make people feel awkward by talking too openly. Yeah. Like when I first meet <laughs> someone, I'll go straight into oh, subjects that people moment, don't want. But you know what? People don't mind no. as long as you're comfortable about it. Yeah. If you're like, that's the thing. Yeah. I used, to, I've always done it of going into a conversation and revealing too much straight mm. away, mm. or asking an awkward question. Mm. But now I'm relaxed about it. Mm. Whereas I used to be tense about it, so I would be like a very big ball of stress about yeah. <laughs> it. And that, of course, made people go, oh, I don't want to hear this, this no. is unpleasant. Right. But if you talk about it kind of relaxedly, then often they say, oh, yeah, I've had an experience like that, or that's, you know, oh, I've learned something. You know, it doesn't mm. have to be as charged as you feel mm. like it is. So the, so, so, so the energy you put onto it is in there. Call it energy, but yeah, energy fine with me. I'm a theatre studies major. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, yeah. So the way you approach it is um, probably more to do with than the actual event. I'm more comfortable in myself, but it it doesn't necessarily stop, uh, you know, panic attacks or anxiety or uh, periods of depression or all these things. So, I think there are things that we have to learn to live with almost they're I, don't definitely, they, I don't think they will stop they're definitely something we have to learn to live with they're mm. also something that we have to learn to minimise if we can mm. as well and so I'm trying to do that mm. life doesn't make that easy um, for anyone yeah. uh, which is why I think we should fundamentally change the way society is structured but hey yeah. uh, I don't think we yeah. can so I'm in a, a yeah, bind it's, there it's, it's, um, uh, <laughs> there's too much water under the bridge right <laughs> so uh, but that, that, that's something I'd like to fund let's Fundamentally change the way society yeah, works. Yeah, right. Crowdfunder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Crowdfunder. <laughs> I bet we could find some people that would be interested. Um, there's enough. There's enough yeah. that are, but there's. I don't know if they're the majority, and I think they all have different opinions on how mm. to fundamentally change it. Right. Some of them. They might pe- not have the money either. Yeah. Either. Some of the ways they'd like to fundamentally change society, I wouldn't necessarily be no. down with as well. So it's, it gets there's complicated. A dangerous line, isn't there? But like you know, from a personal like point of view, I yeah, talking is is something I can do but it's not something I can always do mm. so there are times when I can't there are times when I don't go to a party or I'm at a party and I'm the person in the corner who can't mm. speak there are times when I um, I sneak out still don't know time, yeah, still. Me, yeah I, I do that sometimes um, and then I, I'm, I'm quite happy after I snuck out of the mic as well which is yeah 
So well, I'm I'm a re- I'm a big fan of people cancelling on me. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> love it. I'm like yeah. yes. Even for stand-up Free tragedy. Time. No, no, no. That's, di- that's different. Oh, that's yeah. very different. <laughs> <laughs> Although that's what I've, that that is what attracts me to making doing shows uh, because once the show starts. You, you can't worry. No, like it's like when it's I'm on stage, what it is, I don't have. I can't worry. But for it, I worry loads. Oh. Afterwards, I worry loads. I've seen you on do. The, yeah, <laughs> but you know, on the night, I'm just quite chill, right? Compared yeah. to like how I am before and after. Yeah. Because yeah. you know, you see me in the the bit beforehand when I'm very not chill. Yeah. And then you see me on stage when and I'm. And then like, you're oh. all relaxed again. It's weird. It's fine. And it's yeah, like it's, it's like oh, that's the, that, that initial bit beforehand. Sometimes it's like fucking hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, but you know, you don't get the show done unless you have that kind of feeling. Of course. Although you know, you can, I can find that sweet spot of like not worrying uh, in a more relaxed way through doing these kind of conversations, yeah. <laughs> which is definitely something that I find like I find like it's a bit of a meditative uh, experience. I, I can't really do meditation or any of that stuff, but I kind of feel like it would be a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. You, you see, you're yeah. still at the. St- I was at the stage where I would have made that face like. Yeah, when I was your age. But now I'm like much more like I want to be good enough to do it rather yeah. than like. Oh, it's a bit like, yeah. I mean, because I d- do. We have time to meditate, Dave. Well, <laughs> that's the thing. Maybe we would be happier if we did, though. Yeah. I don't know. Like, wouldn't it be nice to turn off your brain for a little while, oh, right? Amazing. Isn't that the thing? That, sleep like, is great, isn't it? Yeah, but, but that's the, yeah. Sleep's good for it, but it's hard to sleep sometimes. If I could meditate, <laughs> probably sleep easier. But I mean, I'm I'm fundamentally a very anxious person. It's quite hard to meditate. I think if you're anxious, but everyone keeps mm. telling me it's the thing to do. Hi. There was a <laughs> there's a group of people on our, my course recently that were like, oh, we're going to this meditation evening uh, in Hoxton. <laughs> that is that doesn't sound great to me either. But, no, but I, was I like, think I bet that's going to be 15 minutes of meditation and then like, oh, let's all get really really drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I can't deal with it tonight. <laughs> no, sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, well, it, it sounds that's, like... That's you, the sort of place I'd sneak out. Well, you've got things that are working for you anyway, you yeah, know. If, yeah. if the ther- if, I mean, are you out of therapy now? Or oh, you? God. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Go, yeah, th- yeah, 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 of course I am. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I've been out of therapy for... Um, okay, I was in there for a year. I was doing it for a year in there. It sounds like you're in a quarantine facility. Right. <laughs> but no, I used to go and see a, a lady at a doc GP for... Um, uh, uh, a year and then I came out for six months and then went back for a, another six months and now I'm fine. Cool, yeah. that's good. Yeah, and it was all. Did you go? Did you get? Did you do it all through therapy? Or did you try any kind of medication or any of that stuff? Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, oh, I did. Have, I was on uh, the old antidepressants for a while, but they. They're, they're all right. They don't really do much. They make, make you not care a lot. <laughs> That's what I found, anyway. Well, different people have different yeah. relationships to them. I've yeah. never done them. Um, no. I, no, my that, little that, brother. That's not true. I took, a I took a friend's antidepressant once mm. when my mum was coming round. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, as a as a regular rule, I, I, I don't they're, they're, I don't partake. But I'm I'm not against people partaking. I mean, no. I, I think like I think they can. I know help. people who have been really helped too. When when you when you're really struggling, they can help level you out very well. But when you're all right, you just seem to dampen everything. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And then um, yeah, and then immediately after that, I started trying to take mental drugs, which were not good. What do you and mean? I feel like I've damaged my brain a bit. <laughs> what do you mean? What like? hallucinogenic oh right okay and then sure yeah and then um, yeah and then I felt like I burnt my brain out a bit so and now I'm pretty much clean for Fair. For, for over over a year that's yeah. cool yeah nothing nothing stop smoking and everything well I did. done well done you do you drink a beer though you oh yeah I drink, everyone, I drink I probably drink a bit too much of that everyone f- likes to forget that Alcohol is a drug. One, yeah. yeah, it's because it's legal and yeah. it doesn't seem like it's. Because they can put themselves as separate from, from yeah. drug druggies. because yeah. druggies do drugs and we do beer. Yeah, um, but and I don't think it's that. The, way. The, the, the sort of place I am at the moment, it's um, uh, it's all craft and um, um, it's all like artisan to them. Uh, 
drink these exotic beers. You're drinking culture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So it's, it's, it's veiled in another layer of um, <laughs> not drug abuse. Right. So, and so you like so you uh, so you had a, a big relationship where you became sort of codependent. I guess is that the word that you'd use? Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and it, uh, naive, very much to get into that sort of situation. Um, uh, plus, it was a definite. I remember it was a sort of escape from home life as well at right. the time, yeah, which yeah, was yeah. Um, a massive factor. I mean, right. Yeah. And I think it just became a bit overbearing for both parties. <laughs> well, that's it. I, yeah. I, that's a funny thing. Like, I, I, I didn't have that. Like, I, I might have wanted to escape my home life through my relationships, but it never worked out that way. Mm. But I had my my, uh, my girlfriend moved in with us when I was um, seventeen because she oh, was having ha- problems yeah. in her home, and I, I was a bit of a white knight back in yeah. those days. I wouldn't necessarily make the same choices or have the same stupid attitude. Yeah. I can save this woman. Mm. Um, I would not have that attitude now, but I had it then. Mm. Um, and I, I, I would call that probably quite a codependent relationship yeah. that we had. Yeah. Uh, it's weird when you're that young, though. Cause yeah. I don't think. Well, it's all everyone's different, aren't they? But I definitely wasn't ready to do anything real in my life. Back then. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, and I see people. Uh, that are quite capable parents sometimes at like right. a couple of years older yeah. than that. Well, my like sister that. was uh, 16 when she had her kid. And yeah. She was a great parent. It's, uh, sort of, sort of the it? life right out <laughs> in some ways. Yeah. Uh, not that, Madness. that everyone's different. Yeah. doesn't sort everyone's life out. Yeah, I have a cousin that's <laughs> exactly the same as me, uh, age as me, by a month. And uh, yeah, she's, she has a very sort of nice little life that she's got going on. She has a child yeah. and um, uh, a house and yeah. stuff like that. You know, sometimes that's enviable, but um, I don't think I would want it. You know. No. No. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. No. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to come here, would I? <laughs> you don't. Uh, you know. There's, I, there's, there's pros and cons to kids. Yeah. I don't want any. No. I can't have any. In fact. Uh, no. No. I've, I've uh, had a vasectomy. Oh really? <laughs> Yeah. What brought on that decision? Don't want to have kids because I don't want to repeat. Well, there's loads of reasons. Yeah. But one of them is I don't want to repeat the parenting of my mum uh. um, to a child. Uh, one of them is I uh, that comes down don't to that want to thing give again. up art and all of the stuff that yeah. I do because like, if I had a kid, I would be. You'd have to. Right, and mm. I would, you know, I'm, I'm too selfish to allow myself to stop being selfish. Um, I look at the future. I don't see a great world for kids to live in. That's another mm. one. Yeah. Um, Cynicism. Not, 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 not that I judge people for having kids. I just no. I, I already feel so worried about my nieces and my great nieces mm. uh, and my nephew. I'm so worried about their life that they're going to live. If I was, if it was my own child, that'd be like times a hundred. Yeah. The yeah. Uh, anxiety that I would have. Well, it's good. I think it's good. You can recognise that sort of point and make the decision yourself. Although, yeah, it was a long, maybe switching in long extreme time. fashion. We took a long time making it. it. Well, my partner's also not doesn't want kids. Oh, I could. So that helps. But yeah, that definitely would help. Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, ultimately it was my decision, but I don't really want to be in a situation where I have to go through the anxiety of any potential pregnancy uh, moments. Yeah. Because I believe in women's right to choose. Yeah. So if I don't want to be in that situation, I have to choose myself. Yeah. And uh, that's what I've done. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And if I want kids, I can always adopt them because there's yeah. loads of them around who want to be adopted yeah. uh, and need to you be pick adopted, them up off right? The street, can't well, you no, well, it's bad. That, that is not the way to go through an official adoption process. No, you would not do that. <laughs> no, no, no. I know. That's like my official. Like, I know this is a joke. Yeah. Just to make it clear oh, yeah. to we're, the we're, NSA, we're, we're, this, is, this, is, this is being recorded, right? <laughs> Indeed, it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, so yeah, I don't want kids. But I don't, yeah, don't know how that came up, but there you go. I mean, yeah, yeah, part, well, part of it is, I don't know if you know this about me, I have, um, me and my partner have like an open relationship as well, so uh, that meant that there's lots of people who I could potentially, well, I'd like to say lots of people, that makes it sound like I'm uh, actually, you can open up your relationship, but it doesn't actually mean that you meet anybody that's interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) But but, um, that's another reason that I I made that call, I guess. Mm. But that's, I mean, that's, 
Uh, yeah, I don't have a very uh, conventional approach to life these days, no, it seems. No. What's the Which, point when I was a teenager, I definitely thought I wouldn't have no. a conventional uh, approach to life when I grew up. But uh, I am surprised, nevertheless, to find that I'm, yeah, doing sort of slightly strange decisions yeah. that people don't really understand yeah. when I talk to them. And that you can make big mistakes if you've had a vasectomy. Like, my friends uh, annou- announced that they were pregnant uh, to have their second child. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's great. I've had some good news. I was officially declared infertile last week. <laughs> and I was like, whoops. And it like compl- and suddenly everyone was asking me about my stuff. Yeah, and then yeah. took the took glory the away yeah, from them. Yeah. And they felt like I was judging them for having children. You know, because really? you would, right? If mm. someone was like, hey, yeah. 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 I'm not having them this is why you know because the yeah. first question people ask as you did is why aren't you having them and yeah. then you say some you reasons, those and reasons and then they feel judged and then they have yeah. to think about those reasons why? they were very nice about being like they it, it was an inappropriate thing to say mm. but they were very nice in the way that they handled it they, I, I deserved a lot more grief yeah uh, yeah and I didn't get any right that's, that's, that's bad when you're not punished when you feel like you should be there, isn't it? <laughs> I don't it. know I don't know I don't know I just generally try and feel all the guilt. Right, any guilt you can find. I'd have been a great Catholic. Right, I, I, I often think that about me. Right? I'm, I'm consumed with guilt in every area of my life, yeah. but I was brought up completely yeah. unreligiously. Yeah. Why, when, why did that happen? Yeah, I don't know, it's weird. Well, I, I, I actually can say why, kind of why some of the reasons it happened for me. Mm. I think uh, it was probably my mum telling me that all men were terrible and evil and that I was one of those uh, and so would never have any uh, hope in being a good person I could only do damage to women mm, wow that's it that's a quite Probably an impression yeah. give me a lot of guilt that yeah. I think. Oh, yeah. uh, as much as I know it's not true yeah. I still emotionally relate yeah, to it because it was said to me when I was a teenager so, so young and then man, those things have a long time to vegetate right yeah. <laughs> I think Oh yeah, probably being told I ruined Christmas. That probably didn't help. Yeah, I think I've heard of you that. Yeah, that, that was standard. that was like my yeah, like the standard tragedy story. Christmas. Yeah. Was, was that was like a really cathartic experience yeah. for me that night, like getting out all of the horrible stuff of Christmas that I've hated over the years, and in a room where everyone was like, "Yeah, we've had terrible experiences too, like much worse than mine." Some yeah, of the experiences on that stage. But, I remember, I remember that night because I remember you, me and you have had sort of half conversation where we said we don't like Christmas Eve but I never really understood why and then it came out that night and I thought good score <laughs> <laughs> yeah well uh, that was the thing I had the, the whole host every every time I went back on stage I had another Christmas yeah. terrible thing, <laughs> anecdote to, to share but um oh yeah I remember, oh yeah I was ill that night I finished my painting and went home oh wow yeah. you, mi- you missed a lot of yeah. uh, miserable stuff about Christmas um, yeah, but it was I'll, really I'll cathartic. get it out of you one day. All right, well, you can listen back to the podcast. Yes, <laughs> but it was it was a really cathartic night. But then I felt so depressed for really? like ages afterwards because I think you just sometimes when you bring up this stuff and you look at it, it's important. But mm. it has like this residue where you have to like experience yeah. the dark my, stuff. Um, one for of a my counsellors, uh, one of my old counsellors, first one of the first people I spoke to, uh, told me a good tip to deal with that sort of thing. When you do talk quite openly about these sort of things, you sort of stir up a pot right. and everything's in the air for a while afterwards and yet it has to settle down. So you should treat yourself just to something you like that you wouldn't usually get get yourself or do for yourself. Yeah. Just to sort of cushion that fall down and yeah. then back to normal levels. That's a really good yeah. uh, way of thinking about it. And it's, that's, it's something I theoretically try to do. Mm. But you know what was after that Christmas show was Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Which was a mistake. Yeah. Uh, looking back, uh, that was a mistake. No, you couldn't do it afterwards. So, it wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't have had the same impact, though, would it? No, no. Those things that happen that are to do with Christmas after Christmas, if they don't happen before New Year, they don't really work, do they? Right. Well, the thing, yeah, I mean, the thing was, it was a particularly, like, bleak Christmas for me after the... Oh, really? Ex- excised all of the bleak... Yeah, but I'm... I won't yeah, so go, I won't go story, into that one. Got some stories for yeah, next for, year. For, for next, yeah, the next <laughs> tragedy Christmas, that's the one. The last question that I ask people mm-hmm. is, do you have anything to plug? And you, you do ha- have things to plug, at yeah. least yeah. at least some I know of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we, so just, we, we nearly, had, we nearly had a pink ball yeah. bounced on our faces. 
uh, by a child. Okay, uh, I have a website called liamwilday.co.uk. You can find everything through there, all, all my artworks and stuff like that, contact details and stuff like that. And you can see the sort of work I do and maybe try and understand some of the rubbish I've been talking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting up a uh, tiny, tiny, like, you have microbreweries and then this is going to be a micro microbrewery where, <laughs> <laughs> where I'm going to be selling some beer on a market uh, in Broccoli Wicked? every weekend, um, well every other weekend, so it gives me time to make it <laughs> in the evening. Now you'll have to charge people for that. Yeah, I'll have to, <laughs> I don't mind that one so much because I get to draw on the bottle and then I'm so charging them for the beer but they can take the bottle home. Nice, I like that. That's not so bad. That's really yeah. nice. I'll bring some to stand up next time. Do, do, um, and sell it. Like, you know, ask people for money. Uh, yeah, but, um, uh, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm sure the bar, bar people will be happy with that. Well, yeah, that's yeah. a good point. That's a good point. But we can get away with it in some places. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> take it to Edinburgh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, should, you should definitely ask people to pay for your stuff because yeah. it's good stuff. And if you're someone listening to this and you go and visit Liam's site and you, you want to commission him, you absolutely should. I yeah. 100% advocate it. And also, you know, pay him good because he's, you know, pay him. Do, you know, some, some, some artists need to like you to just set the, you set the price. Yeah. Don't make him set the price. Give him a good deal. Set the price. Dave, do you want to be my agent? <laughs> Can't even be my own agent. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm quite you good at You sold that. me really well I'm, there. I'm That's better good. at selling other people yeah. than I am at selling myself. But at the same time, I don't want to spend all my life selling other people. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'll, uh, I'll be your agent with no commission for, yeah. the, for the period of just this podcast. Sounds perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. So the last thing I ask my guests to do is to say goodbye to the audience. Goodbye, audience. Bye, everybody. Come and see me at Stand Up Tragedy from the 2nd to the 24th of August at the Banshee Labyrinth at 7.30 every day. Different lineup of tragic performers, music, comedy, spoken word, storytelling and more. It's going to be great. Come along. Check out www.standuptragedy.co.uk for more details. If you want to help me make the tragedy happen, please consider donating to the PayPal button on that account because it's hard work getting all this together. This year, for me as a gamble, I don't know if it's going to pay off, but certainly I am doing it. I have no choice now. This is what is happening. And the shows are going to be great. And if you want to see a bit more Getting Better Acquainted, you can see that from the 18th to the 22nd of August at 3.15pm at the Royal Oak. And that's also part of the free thing. So come on down and get better acquainted with me. You can find Getting Better Acquainted on Twitter, at UBA Podcast. You can find it on Facebook, it's Getting Better Acquainted. Have a search on Facebook and like it. Or you can find it on the website www.gettingbetteracquainted.co.uk You can also subscribe by searching on iTunes and subscribing to us that way. And on the Stitcher Smart Radio app, you can download for your smartphone from stitcher.com or through the App Store. There are lots of ways to get better acquainted.